0: Hello, my name's Ian Forth. Welcome to Sombrero Fallout, where we listen to alternative music through the lens of intriguing themes. Well hello there and welcome to this edition of the program which is my very great pleasure to be co-hosting it with Tara Needham who some long-time listeners will be familiar with from her contribution to the Long Island New York episode from some time ago. Who is Tara? She is a writer of poems and essays, uh, a long-standing member of the advertising... what am I saying? (laughs) advertising on the brain the academic community having taught literature, writing and critical theory at the college level for uh, over 20 years nearly 20 years and the archives of her 90s feminist scene Cup Size co-edited with Sasha Kagan are held at the Special Collections at Barnard College but more importantly for us we'll hear from Tara's own musical projects on this edition of the programme including The Mad Planets for which she played bass, sang and wrote songs, along with guitarist, vocalist and songwriter Eric Robinson and drummer John Capp. But we're going to start on a rather sad note, I'm afraid, uh, because Tara and her husband Josh are currently mourning the passing of dear Cat Pencil, uh, who lived to be nearly 19 and from whom you can hear one little peep if you listen carefully to the episode as she converses with my dog Toby. So we dedicate this episode to uh, her dear Pencil and shout out to Jill, a dear friend who is with her as she said goodbye to Pencil a few weeks ago and with whom she coined the phrase sad but sweet, which you will hear mention of in a bit. Without more ado, let's hand over to Tara.
1: Hi. Hi. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I am a huge fan of your podcast.
0: This is good to, to say this interview has got off to an excellent start. Uh, I know. <laughs> I, I
1: know how to butter up the hosts. My, I mean, my, my childhood had a lot of music in it, for sure. In a very um, just sort of middle class, listening to the radio. Um, I took violin lessons. I took piano oh. lessons. Um, yeah. I played violin pretty seriously for a while. Yeah. And, um, you know, the first thing I ever recorded was violin and my first gig I ever played was at CBGB's I played violin with my friend's band. Um that is in New York. Some debut. What's that? That is
0: an incredible place to make your musical debut. I
1: Probably know it was pretty the crazy. But... place
0: in the world to make your debut.
1: Yes. <laughs> um but in terms of you know music growing up, I mean I was born in the 70s, the early 70s and you know, I my first memories are certainly of disco, of the Saturday Saturday Night Fever soundtrack, for sure. My first, like, proclaimed favorite song. I always had a favorite song ever when I was a little girl from a very young age. I mean, it was kind of like you're in our house. You had to have a favorite song. And so my first favorite song was um, If I Can't Have You, I Don't Want Nobody Baby. I got in trouble for walking around the neighborhood singing Bad Girls because I didn't realize what Bad Girls was about. Yeah. But I would say, I mean, I think I'll start with what was my second openly declared favorite song, yes. of which uh, I had the 45. And I liked this song more than ice cream apparently because I was at a roller rink and um, I must, I don't know what, I was maybe six, seven, eight and uh funky town by Lips Incorporated came on. I had just bought like an icy treat and I'd rolled off the off the rink and then um, it came on. And I threw my ice cream cone in the bin and was like, I cannot miss this song and just went skating to funky town. Happens is my my best friend Danielle who I met in first grade um she had a sister who was very cool hi Kristen if you're listening <laughs> and uh she was three I think three years two years older than us and oh, she's, like, had, she's
0: like my sister by the Juliana Hatfield it's that yes
1: it's yeah so sister. she yeah. she was listening to the B-52s and she was um I, I was also really listening to 10,000 maniacs. Yeah. So, Natalie Merchant became kind of the the first, I think, female artist that I identified with. You know, she was moody and had just wore baggy clothes and was brooding and finally I was like, "Oh, there's my there's my spirit lady." Um, the, you know, 1989 was a big big year. I remember I had Base. Well, I had um, Doolittle. I had Essential World by Kate Bush. I had Life's yes. Too Good by the Sugar Cubes. So the other thing that went on at this time is my brother, I think, had graduated college by this point, And he had ad- actually started a magazine called the Long Island Alternative. And I wrote, and I—if we we could go back somewhere in the archives and find these—as a teenager in, in high school, I wrote reviews, I believe, of Heaven or Las Vegas by the Cocteau Twins. Wow. And I, and I think I wrote a review of of Doolittle. Yeah, I mean, I would. Um. Yeah, I mean, a big event was I went to see. So, I mean, I haven't mentioned The Cure, which is, you know, I'm a Gen Xer, but. In high school, I went to see The Bill was The Cure, Um, Pixies, Public Image Limited. And then I think a song I do want to play is Shelley and Orphan. You'll hear the song. It's it's a gorgeous song, and it was really something, a kind of emotion or that I had never inhabited before.
0: How would you describe that emotion?
1: Well, I think it went on to then capture... You know, what we called among my friend group, sad but sweet.
0: Bar Baby by Shalayan Orphan. Now we're going to swing back to Tara.
1: You know, the go-betweens were a big moment for me in my high school years. I bought... I I, I literally bought a cassette out of a barrel in, in front of a Sam Goody. Um, Metal and Shells, which was a compilation okay. of of go-betweens songs. And that is a... You know uh, that was again it's so new to me The the um you know the kind of you, you might call the music angular you you know it's it's punchy it's um yeah they
0: were then, very interesting i find the go-betweens are probably my favorite australian band because yes they are angular but that's the robert forster thing They've also got a pop sensibility through Grant.
1: Absolutely, it's a—it's kind of a wacky song, but again, I was really attracted to It's like—it's just like driving bass, bass up front. Um, but it also—it's kind of discoy and it has a great chorus. And I think there's yeah. some horns in there. Um.
0: Also, um, I put in slow, slow music, and Spotify suggested I listen to an artist called Slow Sex Music uh, as well.
1: <laughs> well, that's where was really leading you
0: <laughs> it's quite a graphic image has come up with yeah so, i just wanted you know, to, there to get are.
1: there kind of sideways <laughs> without offending you so please however you want to, you could do a whole slow episode yes
0: uh, uh, well, i've done i've done a slow core episode from, 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 from that's uh, from
1: right images,
0: yeah um okay let's, well let's that's if you're happy um shall we should we do that one should we do yeah okay so this is gonna be Slow, slow music by the Go Between.
1: Kristen Hirsch, um, as well as her stepsister Tanya Donnelly, her collaborator in throwing muses, and then the founder of Belly, as well as you know Kim Deal, um, you know these uh, figures were were really influential and inspiring, and um, you know had were really the kind of forerunners of, of a kind of alternative rock, a kind of college rock, and. You know, we're successful bands, in, and this includes even Whole, um, and Live Through This was an album I adored. So it's an interesting time because um, even though I'm still listening to a lot of Britpop, and, you know, I'm Team Blur, um, and listen to Ride, and listen to Suede, um, I'm really now listening for the first time in my life to primarily American bands, and also, there's sort of this 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 new category of alternative, which has a lot of great stuff. But then this absolutely like proliferating community of um, independent musicians, small labels, and fanzines um, that really becomes my life for for a good few years. And you know, some of this falls under the the name of Riot Girl, which which was a really um, you know just had a lot of momentum in terms of encouraging and empowering women and girls to make music, to attend shows, to kind of create communities of um, expression and creativity. Um, and there was also a tangent with that queer core, which was giving voice to a lot of LGBTQ people and um, issues and you know, these kind of split in, in, into different forks. There was kind of the indie rock, or, you know, so I, I think sometimes of like there was Carrie Brownstein and Slater Kinney, just totally killing it, adored them. I think we opened for them once. And then there was like Rose Melberg of Tiger Trap and the Softies playing this, like, you know, sweet, lovely indie pop and um, bands like Heavenly. That, that we loved and we sang along to see is the heavenly option while riding in the car. Um, but I think I was trying to find some space sort of in between maybe Slater Kinney and the softies. Um, but this the song I want to play is actually called Vegetarian and, and Dyke by still going queer core band Team Dresch which was um, founded by Donna Dresch, who also played in, with a lot of other bands, including Dinosaur Jr. and Screaming Trees, headed up by um, Kaya on vocals and guitar. And um, I think this song just really rocks. So here we go. <laughs>
0: and Dyke by Team Dresh queer core band uh, that gave voice in fact to LGBTQ people in the punk scene. They're still together and uh, clearly still worth checking out. Okay let us get back to the Tara story.
1: I arrived at Stony Brook University and I, I remember I saw John and Eric who I knew through mutual friends and they said what are you doing here? Yeah. And then John had posted a flyer that was like looking for someone for a band and it had like swirlies, poster children, uh, My Bloody Valentine. And um, it also included my friend's band, my favorite, who is up and running at this time, very close friends of mine from high school and who were a huge influence on me. And we were kind of part of a similar scene on Long Island. So that's, that was the start of the band. We recorded in a basement we were um made a cassette and then towards the end of our time together we we did two rounds in in a studio um i I have to give a shout out to hillary johnson who was our engineer and producer we 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 the first time we recorded we snuck into studio like on the off hours she was just learning her trade um and then as the band was kind of devolving in the mid nineties, we recorded three songs. One of which is, is one I'm gonna play um, and it's called Paper Chase. Um, so this, this song you'll hear, I mean, I, I, I listen to it now and it kind of has this kind of Scottish punky feel to it. It's got a very strange moment of hand claps <laughs> on, on an offbeat. But I I like this song because I really, I really love the bridge, which I think, you know, kind of trying to find some narrative through here, (laughs) you know, was my attempt at some, some sort of slightly new wavish disco-y, um, harmony laden, you know, the, the, the bass just kind of drives on one note during this and it's just a song about like being young coming from the middle of nowhere and you know really wanting to be famous or feeling like other people are selling out I mean it's just the drama of being young and 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 just wanting something you know or to be seen or known and so I think um so
0: so it's a small small town girl rather than uptown girl
2: the yes. Long Island
3: <laughs> <laughs> yes they ask are you happy here so
4: young in love industrial park dances so and
1: Um, so that's when I was most probably deeply involved in what we would call indie rock or indie pop and um, actually listening to like American bands instead of um even though I loved Brit pop and everything else going on. So, um actually I, I really want to play Lines and Lines, sure. which is on do you which is on these the album strand.
0: Yeah, let's do that. Lines and Lines. As I'm saying this for the first time because Tara's just said it. All I'm doing is repeating what you've just said. Uh, lines and Lines by the Spinanes. i segue of the episode that was Trouble With Me by Lois uh, and preceded by the Spinanes and Lines and Lines. That's right, I think, isn't it? Yes, it is. Now, so that's, that's the mid-90s. Where should we head next, uh, Tara? Where would you like to go on your musical journey?
1: So the last 20 years are, are somewhat of a blur for me, um, though the one constant has certainly been uh, Nico Case who um, I have gone to see live many times in, in pretty small venues and I I kind of just get whatever she releases and which is pretty rare for me. I'm actually a pretty terrible music fan but I, I am devoted to her. So uh, but this song I want to play is by a band called The Helio Sequence. It's called keep your eyes ahead from the album of the same name that was released in 2008 and then I think remastered in 2018. Um, It's just got some beautiful, beautiful jangle in there and I I think it's uh, what the kids call a banger. a song by a musical project I was part of in sort of 2014 to 2016 called The Chandler State, which was comprised of myself and um, Darren Amadio, guitarist and really lead songwriter. These these This is really his project and he brought the songs to myself and Andrea Vaughn on vocals and Todd Bott on drums. Um, Andrea, Darren, and Todd were all in My Favorite together and also The Secret History. Um, Darren approached me specifically to work on lyrics for for these songs, which is a really um, very cool opportunity. And so um, I think the songs really became about... Um, being a creative dreamer in the United States in in the 2010s. Um, there's a song about San Francisco and how expensive it is, and then a song about trying to stay in New York. Um, it's also about aging together with a group of friends and kind of the ties and memories and forging a future together as adults. Um, And Spies no More, the song that you're going to hear, is really, to be honest, a a sort of New York City post-9-11 song. Um, We played one live show in, I think, 2015 at a pop fest in New York City. We had Bryce Edwards on bass. He... Is, was from the Portland music scene and was in a band called Boy Crazy and I played guitar and sang some backup vocals um, we had wanted to keep going and I think we still hope to at some point um, shortly after we finished these songs Andrea relocated to Chicago and I moved overseas so it, we kind of stalled but we all I think really um, valued and, and just treasured working together on this. So um, it was a really wonderful experience. You know, all of us have a lot of musical ties. And, you know, Todd, Bot and I recorded As the Reverse, um, an album called The Longest Day of the Year. Andrea and I have performed together some of my songs with her singing. And uh, Darren uh, helped the Mad Planets record our first four-track Our songs in the basement of Three Ring Neck and then also one of our songs Intrigue and Division at a heavy metal studio in Long Island. So lots of lots of uh, background to all of this. So this is Spies No More by the Chandler Estate. I try to
5: sing in the common heat. Windows propped open with books I never
1: happen in the last year or so is that um the Mad Planets has gotten like a little little bump in, in uh listenership and we just sold out of uh CDs on Bandcamp.
3: Congratulations,
1: uh, that's people, awesome. I mean I'm talking about like 20 CDs. This is that's, but still it's it's actually yeah. really quite lovely because I'm getting communications from actual people just saying that they really You know, they want a little signature on it and or they're sending it as a gift. And, you know, this was always it's very reminiscent of how the music scene worked for us in the 90s. It was very just intimate and um, personal. Um, And I also I discovered I mean, this is really probably the crowning moment of my life. A, A young woman uploaded a video of herself playing the bassline of one of my songs, and and I was like, I can't even believe this. And I wrote, I was like, You sound great. And then she, you know, she was like, Oh, I love your music. And I mean, especially because so much of my own music making was was kind of like elbowing my way through a scene that was was still predominantly male, and yeah you know, even if it was not alpha males, it was still males, and that there really was a lineage of, like, women or and queer people, and people just sort of out of the complete, just, like, total heteronormativity and, and clear gender divide that kind of paved ways for just different ways to make music and be... So it was very, very gratifying to me to see a young woman practicing her bass to one of my songs. So I think we have this young band, Julie, to thank for a lot of this. They are a band, I think from LA or Southern California, and they name check us in an interview. They have like 500,000 listeners on Spotify. I think they're very influenced by Shoegaze and My Bloody Valentine, but, um, you know, they I think they sound great. You know, I, I also could not be prouder than to be affiliated with this young band that I think is making like really really great music. So they're called Julie, and I think so. If people are listening, they are on a bunch of bills this year, um, supporting like festivals. It looks like that has like Yola Tango and Yeah Yaz, yeah, and they're kind of on the circuit now. So. Mm-hmm.
0: april bloom by julie now back to tara
1: yeah so there's an album i've been listening to by band imbibio sound machine who i read about in a best of i honestly i think it was like time magazine i don't even know how i ended up reading time magazine's best albums of 2022 it was some link but um as i just read in the description it's like a mashup of like post-punk and electronic um some of the lyrics are uh, on some of the songs are are pretty political and but totally danceable so to me it 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 brings me back to you know gang of four and wire and um then some esg but in a in a sort of like modern modern context but um so yeah I think the song Casio is is really good it's the third song but I recommend the whole album right fantastic which which is called Electricity
6: Yeah
0: A uh, few Ibibio Sound Machine fact before we move on. Uh, they're fronted by Nigerian singer Eno Williams. I'm married to someone who was born in Nigeria, of course. Uh, long-time listeners may recall. Ibibio Sound machines a clash of African and electronic elements inspired in equal measure by the golden era of West African funk and disco and modern post-punk and electro. Perfect for sombrero fallout. Casio is uh, sung in Eno's Ancestral Language of a Bibio from southern Nigeria. Excuse I. And the band's guitarist is from Ghana. It's drummer from Trinidad. It's percussionist from Brazil. Where do you think it's a saxophonist and producer from? Australia, that's where. Okay, back over to Tara.
1: Um, So this the selection is Reflections by Diana Ross. And I... Came to know this song through the TV show from the '80s, China Beach, which it was the um, the theme song too. And then in the '90s, when I was playing more solo shows, just sort of solo guitar, which uh, I I covered or I tried to cover, Reflections. And this to me is a perfect song, and I, I think it's so odd. You know, you hear the kind of um, whatever that sound is. In the beginning, it's it's kind of an electronic or a sound. There's strings. Um, it, it's dark. It's moody. It's got that organ. So uh, it's kind of a lodestar of a, I guess, if that's, of, of a song to me. So I, I love to just hear it on the radio or hear it on a podcast. Um, and yeah, so Reflections by... So yeah, I don't think I was contemporaneous when this song came out. I'm not that old.
0: (laughs) I think I was.
1: (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) Uh, This
0: is Reflections by Diana Ross. But not only Diana Ross, the Supremes as well.
2: Through the mirror of my mind, time after time, I see reflections of you and me, reflections of.
0: her debut, as Australians like to say, on Sombrero 4. That that was Diana Ross and Reflections. And uh, I'd like to particularly thank Tara for sparing the time. It's it's evening over on the east coast of the USA. It's lunchtime on Saturday morning here. We're 16 hours apart, but by the miracles of technology, we've linked <laughs> over. <laughs> we've crossed, we ha- we've held hands over the ocean. Uh, hopefully we have and this recording has worked we're about to find out and if it hasn't you won't be hearing this anyway so (laughs) no no of course no sombrero fallout episode is complete without toby's contribution there he was we didn't hear from your cat sadly uh we were rather hoping that pencil might put in an appeal she's
1: she's usually so vocal Uh, her favorite toy is a it's a stuffed platypus and she usually and it's like the size of her head and i was hoping that she would deliver it to me while we were on on the well call, that would she... be highly
0: appropriate for, for, for where we are in melbourne of course yes
1: oh right she must yes. know
0: she must know <laughs> i know isn't that lovely um I'm sorry but
1: no she's probably, kept quiet
0: okay we'll probably hear a bit too much of toby there what we're going to end with and uh, again thank you very much to tara for sharing your musical journey we've really enjoyed it well i have Um, well I think we're pretty sure we all have is we're going to hear something from your probably we're going to hear something from your solo repertoire so tell us a little bit about that
1: um so alongside to having bands I've always been sort of just writing songs and if they're not appropriate for the band I will kind of play them perform them uh solo and i i do want to mention that we didn't get to play him but billy bragg hearing uh, when i was 16 a friend gave me back to basics and again another compilation from across the ocean and that was you know the first time i really heard like what a single person could do with just like a chiming i don't know if he was playing a telecaster but just this bright bright Reverby guitar and um so I think I was at times I I was never as forthright or or as as ardent as Billy Bragg but I I loved the interplay between his his guitar and his voice and and the ambition of what he could do with just those two things the kind of energy he brought to it anyway so I I played some solo shows I have a kind of repertoire of solo material that um I've recorded very few of them and I think my my kind of midlife crisis project yeah. is to do my you know my double album of uh, of unrecorded solo songs. So this is a song um, it will be one of the songs that I recorded several years ago on four track on an actual four track and then contributed to a compilation and these are some of my sweetest recording memories. I love the simplicity and the kind of almost like handiwork or it's almost like knitting or weaving of of working with a four track so this is one of those songs lovely
0: so this will be one of those songs Jessica in for a second it turned out the name of Tara's song was The Leap
1: well I just wanted to say thank you Ian for inviting me um, to participate this has been a real pleasure and as I mentioned when we first started talking like it really propelled me to really think through my musical trajectory and it sparked somewhat of an existential crisis but more than that I you know I'm I'm not just a guest on the show. I'm also a listener and your podcast during the pandemic, I think that's when I probably discovered it and it's been a real lifeline. I've learned about a lot of new music through it. And I think you've cultivated a really, um, a really nice community of, of listeners and fans. And, um, you know, I, I really value being part of it. So thank you for including me. Well, we really, love having you
0: we love having you part of it it's uh and it i think at its best which it nearly always is i've never had to uh, never really had to re- reprimand anybody yet <laughs> everybody behaves themselves very well and it's very nice to each other and we have that is probably the big success story there so thank you so much for being yeah. a guest tara and uh, the pencil as well who made yes, a brief and, experience sadly without and, a platypus but um maybe next time
1: maybe next time
0: Thanks so much, Tara. Well, uh, enjoy your what's left of uh, Saturday night. You're probably going out clubbing now on the Long Island. Of
1: course. Yes? yes, I I always wait till after eleven p.m. here because that's just when it really gets good. So
0: and maybe we can see fireworks at Jay Z's mansion from over the yes.
1: Side. Yes, I'll I'll let you know. No, seriously, thank you so much. I so appreciate um how kind you've been and your interest in my. My music and just um it's it's really meant a lot to me, so I really appreciate it, and I hope that this is is an okay episode i I honestly have no idea what I said or if these <laughs> songs,
0: no we've um <laughs> just I was just saying to Tara while we were just chatting there, um a couple of the bands who Tara introduced me to, which I was less familiar with from your era of the Long Island sound have become favorites in our music club, and sometimes it's just serendipity. Your uh, your music doesn't necessarily sell a 100 million, but um, it ought to. <laughs> and uh, the fact that it doesn't makes it even more special to those of us who know it. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Thank you, Tara. And uh, I will see you again. Uh, be probably chatting with you again at some point, And uh, then uh, we will see you all again in a couple of weeks time. Bye for now.